0: Hey, Nelson, alcoholic addict, that's not my real name, it's pen name that I use here at my sober newsletter, LOL Sober. I was at a meeting the other day where the topic was a specific sentence. I'm not sure which recovery book it came from, um, but the sentence went like this, working the program, especially the daily inventory of step 10, helps us make our way through the fun house of personal responsibility. I immediately gravitated toward the last five words of that, the fun house of personal responsibility. Um, and I latched specifically on the word fun house. Um, first of all, let me just say right up front, I think fun houses kind of suck. Don't don't they? I mean, I'm not sure. Of all the rides that you would see at a carnival, Like I would rank fun houses kind of at the bottom. Every carnival I've ever gone to, I immediately regret burning tickets on walking into the fun house. But hey, People must like them, right? They're at carnivals, so they exist. Somebody, maybe I'm in the minority, sorry. Apologies if there's any funhouse lovers uh, out here listening to this. But I picked this because it it did strike me in a a positive way. Because think about a funhouse for a second. Like, specifically, the section that always has the wild mirrors in the room, like, Now, imagine you put something or somebody in there, you know, like for the sake of this example, let's use the biggest asshole from your job, Biff. So in a funhouse, this like figurative thing, funhouse that we're, we're envisioning here, you know, you're in there and you're looking at 25 different versions of Biff. Only one of them is real. The others are bigger or smaller or fatter or uglier, has a bigger head than they do in real life or sillier there's a whole bunch of fake versions of this person. And you're surrounded by 25 biffs, only one of which is the real biff. And you can you can probably see what I'm trying to get at here. Um, it just reminded me how hard it is to know the truth. What is the truth? Um, what what are my feelings real? Am I overreacting? All of this stuff that pops up on a daily basis, you know. Um so it's really hard to know what the truth is sometimes and and to digest even when you do know it. Like how do I digest this really uncomfortable thing? Um, and then it's almost impossible to have like good perspective on the truth. So that's, that's a lot to unpack with just figuring out the truth. And the truth is in that funhouse of our brains where we inflate it and deflate it and then reinflate it and then hopefully eventually find out what the actual truth is. It really, man, it really is a fun house in there, you know? When I get into a significant disagreement with someone, I tend to walk right into a fun house with how I feel. I usually immediately decide, this is how they typically go, immediately decide the other person sucks, they're so wrong, oh my god. Then I cool down, and I take a look, oh, what was my role in that disagreement? Was I off a little bit? And I oftentimes will decide, oh no, I'm the one who sucks, and then i go back to like well that person shouldn't have said that or they're wrong about this so then i settle on us both sucking uh and then and then ultimately i don't know sometimes it takes an hour sometimes it takes a day sometimes it takes a month but i ultimately land on what's the best way forward in this what's the most productive way to resolve whatever the disagreement is and that often Involves me saying to the other person, hey, I'm I'm really sorry about earlier. I, I definitely overreacted. But here's what I was thinking. What if we did this as a compromise or a solution? Like to give a specific example, I had a disagreement with my wife a few months ago about it was a financial situation. I'll leave it at that. And I do find like you talk about fun houses in life, romance and finance. Think about romance and finance. How often do you overreact to stuff that involves romance and finance it's just both of those things can be extremely toxic extremely fun housey uh because every different difference of opinion can sometimes feel like it is just covered in barbed wire it means so much uh, i tend to make mountains out of molehills for the other person and then i make my mountains into molehills. i just have no perspective and I ended up in that disagreement. I left the house to go to, – I, I was going to the gym anyway, so I thought, oh, this is a good – I'll step out – step away. Maybe I'll cool down. And I was – I was pretty hot, I got to say. Um, on the way, I called a program person, and I found myself spewing out the whole argument from my side of things, obviously. I polished up the story a little bit as we do that, don't we? You know, when we're telling somebody, here's what we were fighting about, it's oftentimes – we're really making a slam dunk case for ourselves. And so I told it from my perspective. And a few minutes in, I realized I wasn't just harmlessly venting. I was justifying, I was rationalizing the very best version that my funhouse mirror was producing. And so I went to the gym, I worked out, I burned off some of the frustration for sure. And then I talked to a second recovery friend on the way home. And I can't say enough about how beneficial it is to talk to people that are spiritually in a healthy place, you know, and um, it was also beneficial because I found myself like this whole court case of why I was innocent and my spouse was guilty. And because that's what the funhouse mirrors often do. They set up right and wrong. And I always end up becoming the hero of my own story, which means if there's a hero in your story, it probably means there's a villain and it's never me. Uh, It's not often me anyway. uh, By the time I got home, I'd say, 90% 90% of my frustration was gone. I'd, I'd burned off some of it from being on a treadmill, for sure. Physical activity is a great way to work through resentments, I've found. Um, but I also benefited greatly from talking to two sober friends, getting a little, little closer to the right reflection You know that I was seeing in those funhouse mirrors. And I ended up spending a little time thinking about what that right reflection looks like. And I came to a, a couple of conclusions. One is that I was too hot under the collar. I can't talk. I can't navigate a tricky situation. If if I'm boiling hot, I just can't do it. Um, secondly, the funhouse mirror often takes a real problem that is like six inches tall, and it shows me a reflection that is like Shaquille O'Neal's size, like seven feet tall, much, much bigger, much scarier, much daunting, impossible to deal with that it it just always does that it presents that image back and it's not really true you know and the third thing was I was able to think about how we might move forward and and be productive about it and so that's that's what we did and you know as I wrap this up I would love to to end by saying well I've learned an important lesson I'm never going into this figurative funhouse mirror room ever again I'm not doing it but that's probably unrealistic it is a default setting of mine i think i think the so often in recovery the starting point would for me would just be to have the visual in my head on a regular basis to just know that my brain is a fun house and i always walk into the fun house um but also say to myself you know you've hated fun houses your whole life so let's get the hell out of here as soon as possible and then start looking for an exit. So it's not eliminating the fun house, it's knowing you're in there, and uh, it's time to look for a way out. So thanks for letting me share.